This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Hit it. Welcome to Riffin' with Raph and AD. Coming to you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Now here's former Huskers, Chris Raff and Aaron Davis. Guess what, AD? <laughs> it's Wednesday night. We are here. We're back. Riffing with Raff and AD, the quickest two hours of the week. AD, I feel like we're doing double duty here today. You know what, man? I'm going to tell him. First of all, I'm going to give a huge applause to Harrison. We had a show right before we here. Harrison H-Bomb does a lot here during the week. Nick, Rico, Jake, Nate, uh, DP, Jay, Sip. Make sure I'm not forgetting anybody out 93. of there, man. 93.7, the center. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, in case you're listening, get started on those Star Wars, man. It's worth a C-note to you, man. A C-note, because I know you're younger, means $100. All right? We talked about that earlier. Watch, you must. You know, so we talked about that already. Dude, I tell you what. You know, and I, honestly, because we do this once a week for two hours. You know, and it does go quick. It does go fast. But I've got so much respect for our teammates on the on the ticket uh, team, to where those guys sometimes will go, you know, five six hours a day, and we just filled in for VJ. VJ, hope we have a great time. If you're listening, brother, it was a uh, pleasure and uh, a privilege uh, to uh, to fill in for you for the next uh, the past two days. It's been a lot of fun, but yeah, it's a lot of work, man. Because and, and it's work, but it's fun because you're talking sports, you're talking things you enjoy, you're talking about things that um, that you got a passion for. So that definitely changes things up quite a bit. Um, Harrison, I'm, I'm going to say this real fast though. I was listening to you coming in and on the, on the NBA matter, that locker room in Brooklyn is so dysfunctional, bro. I, if I'm, if I'm the, I mean, Oh, we're done talking about basketball. It's football season. Come on, <laughs> AD. <laughs> no, I got to add into that though, man. I just don't know. They gave pretty much, and I'm, I'm not a hater on KD or Kyrie or none of those guys, but they gave KD pretty much everything he wanted. Now it's like, yeah, I'm out. There's got to be something. There's something in the water. There's something in the groundwater. Yeah, you can't figure it out, though, because no one's talking to each other. That's just the biggest problem. It's just like management trying to get a hold of the players. They're not talking. So they're just they're just caught. And, like, did you hear about that Goran Dragic tweet saying? No. It, so he basically, after he signed with the Bulls, he said it felt more about individual performances as opposed to, like, a team effort. So that locker room's just got to be a mess. No one's talking to each other. Organization doesn't know what to do. They're just trying to get a good trade out of it, but I don't know. If they're just happen. trying to just—they're just trying to get yeah, what just they clean can. their hands, basically. Yeah, just clean their hands. Yeah, they're just trying to get what they can right now. That is dysfunction with a capital D that's going on right there. But we are back to uh, talking about football, uh, all things sports. We have—we uh, we, just—we're just going to call him, man, uh, the brother of ninety-three point seven. A ticket. Uh, we got John Squire in. 
uh, the father of the prolific softball player from Nebraska, Abby Squire, my neighbors, my friends. Me and John go back since he was in ninth grade at Color Junior High, and I was in seventh grade. So I'm not going to say how long ago that was, but I'm saying this. If you're 25, you, were, you weren't born yet. <laughs> you know, put That's it that right. way. Johnny, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Come in. Man, thanks for joining us, man. It's fun. Thanks for joining us. So about in March, I got my family surprised me with a little Frenchie bulldog. All right, little Frenchie. And his name is Louie. And John's got two black labs, okay? And so my little bull, my little Frenchie, who's only about 28 pounds, loves to hang out with Squire's dog. So we put him in John Squire's backyard and lets him run. And, dude, Jet is so cool with him. Yeah. Just looks at him like, dude, get out of here, man. Yeah. You know, he's just always biting at his neck or nipping at his neck and running around for him, trying to hang out with him. But so me and John go back. What, what, what do you think Jet thinks about little Louie, man? You know, he loves him. The other one, Bo, he'd come out. He'll come outside. Now, Bo's the one I throw the ball to all the time. Yes. And Bo will come out in our backyard, stand against the fence, and look up at AD's deck, waiting, <laughs> waiting for Louie to come out and play. He looked like, hey, man, where Louie at? That's right. <laughs> he, there'll be times he can see me from the deck in the bay window from the kitchen, and he'll see me walk by and he'll go, Phew. oh, yeah. He goes like this. I'm like, who's a good little bow? Who's a good oh, little yeah. bow? <laughs> dog will play fetch with anybody all day. Dude, and the thing about it, dude, he will catch anything. Yep. And the way he brings it back is so cool because he'll bring it in his mouth, and he'll set it down, and he'll, and he'll, he'll hit the ball back to you with his nose. Yep. How, how long did it take you to train him that? Never trained him. He just wants to play so bad. He figured out that's the best way to get you to throw it again. See, I want some players like that, man. I mean, they just eager to have a ball. In there. there was something Jimmy Williams that said here years ago uh, to me, uh, the former tight end here at Nebraska, the former tight end great Jimmy Williams. He goes, you got to have a relationship with the ball. If you want to be great at your sport, yep. you got to have a great relationship with the ball. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Bo's got a great relationship with the ball. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. All my waterfowler friends out there that like to hunt and – and have dogs and and train them for you know ducks and geese and stuff like that that's that was kind of my passion and um those dogs are really fun to have around and i remember when jet my oldest lab he's 13 now jet's getting up yeah he's getting up there but his first his first goose hunt we we had shot a goose and um it had wounded it it wasn't dead so he swims out there to get him and the the goose keeps swimming and this lake was it wasn't super small it and he swam all the way across the lake and got him and jumped in and we finally got in the boat and meet him halfway <laughs> <laughs> so i pulled in the boat this you know 80 pounds of dog and 20 pounds of goose dripping wet bo was not quitting no <laughs> bo was not quitting you know we had a we had a great time today again from 11 to 2, we filled in for, for Sean Jackson, the captain's show. That was a great time, Nick. Uh, again, a big shout-out, man. Thanks for helping us out. Rico as well. We also want to give a shout-out to um, Wingstop on 50th and O. They did a great job of giving us food. Man, the lemon pepper wings. Raph, which ones did you have, man? I had the Asian. How was it? They were amazing. Dude, I haven't had a bad wing there yet, bro. And I had the corn bites, finally. Okay. Rashawn had been screaming about the corn bites. Have you had them, Harrison, the corn bites? No, what are the corn bites? Oh. Tell him about a raft. Tell, I mean, give, give us a full give us a full description with the corn. Tell oh. Johnny, have you had them before, man? No. Oh, tell him about it, man. They're like little corn on the cob pieces, but then they've got they're spiced up. They got spices and butter and man. just is it like good enough to replace the Cajun fries? Because that's that's what I go. See, with. that's what I go with too. Yeah. 
I'm still a Cajun fryer, but I, I do like the corn bites. So I'm sort of going to be in a dilemma. I guess it'll be just how I'm feeling. <laughs> and also, I just wanted to add, too, we have another guest with us here tonight calling in. Nate Dog. Nate Larson from yep. the athletic director for Logan <clears throat> U is on the phone with us tonight. What's up, Mr. Nate? How How'd you golf tonight? Uh, well, I, gentlemen, I played right on my number. My, my handicap is nine for nine holes. I was, I was nine over. So I did exactly what the universe said I should. <laughs> he, he, followed the, he followed the book. <laughs> yeah. The book says Tom Massey always says, well, the book says to miss this one. I'm not sure what book he's talking about. The guy who shoots freaking 78, 76, 74, anytime he wants to, you know, the book says to miss the book I'm reading. Don't ever say to miss a putt ever, unless there's, you know, something else on the line, but give the take, but no, <laughs> Larson, man, what's the course looking like? up in Oakland? Oakland Craig, right? Yeah, Oakland, Nebraska, the Oakland Golf Club. It is beautiful up here. Our uh, our groundskeeper's done an incredible job. Course is in great shape. Bro, I'm going to ask you this, man. What? How long have you been playing just in that league up there? Uh, eight years. Oh, wow. Whoa. I see so somebody said. Great group of guys up here. It's, it's a fantastic course. It's a lot of fun. You know, I just heard and, somebody uh, back. Go ahead. Go we, ahead. We got a we got a family membership. My wife plays uh, in ladies league. Uh, my my daughter did junior golf camp. My son was a freshman that played some high school golf and played in a, a couple events up here this year. So, uh, it's it, we're really fortunate to be a part of this club. I love it. That's the home of uh, Dallas Sweet up there, isn't it? Uh, it used to be Dallas is at Malcolm yep. now. He, yep. he went, he went from a guy that loves golf to a school that doesn't have it. Yep. That's right. Oh, man, he should have thought a little hard about that decision before he left him. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you never leave the golf course, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Nate and John tonight, folks, we're going to really dig into right now. We're looking at July 13th. Okay. July 13th. And literally in about two and a half, actually about three weeks, give or take. High school fall sports are going to kick off. We had a great um, uh, message in today on the Captain Show about someone asking about when you should maybe start one of your kids uh, in midget football, et cetera, contact sport. It, it segued beautiful into tonight because we want to pick both of your brains. You know, you being an AD and administrator, John, you being a former coach, uh, administrator right now. And I'm, Nate, I'm going to start with you with this right here, man. You being an AD, what advice would you give – to a parent whose son or daughter, let's say they're entering their senior year right now, okay, and they got a chance to play college ball. Heading into senior year, the best thing I, I could tell people is, is just enjoy it. Uh, this is your last chance to, to have a guaranteed shot to watch your son or daughter participate in sports. Mm. Uh, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John, what would you say, man? Because Larson said enjoy the ride, which it is. Because I think about all the years that I watched Abby in the backyard from the deck over and over playing. You guys traveling to tournaments, et cetera, going to watch her play, supporting her. What, what advice would you give to that parent? Man, this is their kids last year. They got a chance to play the, you know, at a college level, regardless of what division. They got a chance to play collegiate ball. What advice would you give to the parent during this time? Yeah, I, I would agree. I just have fun with that. And, you know, the, the kids worked for a long time to put themselves in a position – to be a senior then you know to lead a team or teams and um i'm a big believer in multi-sport athletes so i would like say that. you know play football play basketball you know do baseball and track or you know 
keep yourself busy. I, I do think there's just so many um, great lessons in being part of a team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked a lot about that on this show. And then um, the other thing, there, there's just some great things about just physical exercise. And I think kids at that age need to come home at the end of the day tired. Right. You know, physically worn out. It's good for them. It's right. good for the mind and body and soul and, and all of that. So, you know, having a, a last chance to to competitively play for most kids mm -hmm. at, at a, you know, at a pretty high level, that's it doesn't go much past high school. So, um, yeah, I enjoy every minute of it. Larson, you being the son of one of the best basketball coaches to ever coach in the state of Nebraska, Coach Larson coached for years at Southeast, at Crete. How many, how many state championships your dad had, Larson? Uh, he's he's got ten as a head coach Good in basketball, Lord. and he was a part of uh, eight as an assistant football coach. So he's got eighteen state championship rings. Yeah, that's like Bill Russell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, and you know he's a, he's a Celtics fan, so that's a that's a great analogy. Okay, don't mention that. <laughs> Lars, let me ask you this, man. You think about all the time and the hours, working from a coaching perspective right now, that goes into coaching. What's some of the best attributes that you've seen? Because right now, we see, in fact, just on online yesterday, I don't know if it was on Twitter or one of the social media platforms, I saw a little, this is, I got to find this to show you guys, man. This was, these kids had to be no more than six, maybe seven years old. There's this coach in line, softball, a little baseball game. Did you see that, Harrison? Because if, if that's my kid, I'm going to jail. I'm catching 20. I'm just being honest with you right now. <laughs> this grown man is walking down a line after the game, shaking hands with these little boys, but dang, they're trying to break their hands. He's actually trying to hurt them. And you hear the kids going, ouch. Dude, Harrison, what makes someone do something like that? Think about that. Well, I mean, oh. I, I think you have a – you've got a lot of ways to look at that. You know, I was I was fortunate. You You know, you mentioned my dad, but – he was he was just one of a lot of incredible examples that I had uh, from from Lincoln Southeast. The people just did things the right way. Uh, you know, people that treated kids with respect, taught them how to how to compete the right way, uh, to win with humility, hmm. uh, to to lose with some with some dignity and class, uh, and and be able to display that kind of sportsmanship. But I mean, that gets to what what we like to talk about as, as transactional versus transformational coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, transactional is, is where you've got someone that is more about specific processes and control of everything versus transformational is you've got someone that's trying to inspire the kids. You've got someone that communicates well and, and inspires cooperation amongst the team and kids working towards the same goal. Uh, and, and that's something that, you know, we talk about high school athletics. That's, that's our goal. It's education-based athletics. Uh, you know, we're, we're not talking about the pros. The bottom line isn't we want to win a championship or bust. Uh, the bottom line is, is we want great kids. And, and we want to help those kids because of the lessons they're going to learn by participating in these sports. Uh, we want to help those kids become great, great husbands, wives, uh, you know, parents, citizens in general, uh, just, just great people. And, you know, I, I think when you've got coaches that are doing things the right way, you're going to see that. You know what, Nate, you nailed it on that. And those are attributes, like you mentioned, not just your dad, Coach Larson, but the coaches that you had at Southeast that thinks the right way, the coaches you surround yourself with. When you think, when I think about my position coach, and, and um, I'm going to switch this to you here in a second, um, 
Raph and, and Squire as well, is from a coaching perspective when you're talking about kids. It can't be do as I say, but not as I do. It cannot be do as I say, not as I do. Every day after practice, you know what Coach Osborne did? He ran his laps. <laughs> it didn't matter if it was 100 degrees, if it was 30 degrees. Now, if we were inside the cook when it was like crazy freezing, I'm on the right mind doing that. I mean, it's not crazy psycho stuff. Coach Osborne, after practice, now you think about this man's day. Those guys' days would start anywhere from 6 to 7 in the morning. Now, think about this, and obviously I'm biased with Coach Osborne. Coach Osborne is not only the head coach, he was the assistant AD and the also the offensive coordinator. And you were responsible for an entire coaching staff. Let me put all this first. First of all, he had a wife and kids. Okay? Head coach, assistant athletic director, offensive coordinator, was in charge of a coaching staff and had 120-plus teenagers running around all over Lincoln. But yet that man knew all of our names, Went through practice throughout his day, media duties, play calling, scheming, film, recruiting, administrative duties, etc. And then after another two and a half hour practice, the guy would run. Coach Brown, my position coach, all right? Recruiting all those things minus the things I said about Coach Osborne. Husband, um, you know, kids, etc. That dude was in better shape than most of his players. So if my coach is telling me, yeah, you better be in shape. Bro, you better look like you're in shape. Coach Brown looks like he could still play right now, and he's like 65. So I think it's important for coaches when they tell athletes something, they have to be the message. And what you just said, Nate, you know, your pops, those other guys, they were the message. Raph, go ahead, bro. So I was just, just going to ask John, talking about coaching and the different, the different coaches out there. So you had Abby. She – top-notch softball player we had a gentleman call in today and he was talking about when when was it time to enter his kid to let him play tackle football how did you go about when abby was in high school because in today's world there's so many like club teams there's so many different people holding softball camps Mm -hmm. how did you go about like which which like which club teams? How did you go about finding the right club teams? Yeah. What kind of information could you give to a, a parent out there right now that's got a young kid that, you know, what do we do? Do we play YMCA? Do we play club teams? You know, how do you, how do you go about that? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I will say, Abby was very very lucky. Um, she was the youngest kid in our neighborhood. Yeah, she was. And. When she was little, she was just trying to keep up with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they would play football and tag yep. and wrestle yep. and who knows what. And she was always in the middle of it trying to keep up. So I think she just learned to love playing games. Right. Um, so that was a huge, yeah. huge factor in her. And then, you know, she grew up in um, – Started to have some aptitude, and you know she played uh, softball, basketball, and track, all three, all the way through. But um, got we were ve- she was very fortunate, and and she uh, was part of a club team, just a local team uh, called the uh, Locos. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike Barrett was the coach. Mike works at Cornusker Bank. Great guy, and he he knew a lot about the game. He coached it well. Uh, Abby was. Uh, the youngest in a group of the of the group by a couple years and so it was pushing her abilities playing up a couple years and then 
and she was being taught how to play right and on a pretty good team. And that team went on to win, you know, ASA state championship. And within the state, we were probably as good a team as there was. And then, um, they graduated and we were left to like, with her couple summers left, what the heck do we want to do? Because it then becomes a, a whole different dog. Um, there's some high, pro, high, high profile um, club teams that travel coast to coast. And at that time, she was starting to think, maybe I do want to play in college. At the same time, early recruiting was happening. And there was already eighth and ninth graders that were committed to D1 schools. Hmm. And she's just, as a 10th grader, thinking, I kind of think I want to play in college. So she was way behind the the curve in, in terms of the recruiting end of things. And so there were a couple club teams I felt like uh, were managed very, very well, had some good coaches, had a great reputation. Uh, one was out of Kansas City, uh, Aces organization. Hmm. And, uh, I know Nebraska has a couple girls on their roster right now from, from there. Just got another recruit. Um, that committed from there. And oh, then, wow. and so we went and <clears throat> had a weekend up there and it went well and, and she liked it. And then, uh, there was another, another club out of, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Iowa premier. That's the one you guys, but Abby was on, and, right? And, yep. and, uh, that's the one she ended up joining mainly because, uh, the man, uh, the head guy, Greg Dickel is his name. He, uh, he said she could still do track. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he was all for that. Whereas um, the other one said, you know, we're going to practice a couple times a week here in Kansas City, and there just won't be time for that. And I could respect that. At least right. they were honest They're up front, front about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, but she, um, Abby, as a sophomore, got second place in the shot put right. in the state. And state then track. As, as a junior, she won it. Yep. And she's kind of she, and she was part of a really good track team track program at Southwest High School. So she wanted to keep doing that mm-hmm. and so um i think that was one of the main factors and then one of her high school teammates emma kauf okay also went up there to play and emma has had a great career at georgia tech mm-hmm. and she is all acc catcher oh, and wow. so they were able to play a couple more summers together uh with the iowa premier team so you know here's the thing i i do know that development is super important. So if you're on a great team and you got good coaching and they're pushing you and you can find that balance between maybe winning half and losing half. So, you you know, you're not just hunting trophies every weekend, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that's probably the right, the right fit. And so we felt like with that locos team, it was all about development. She was getting her skills were getting better. So we had no reason to leave it until we kind of had to. Nate, where the heck are you at? <laughs> I, I, am, I am putting the golf cart away, man. Sounds like you're underwater. <laughs> you, caught, you, caught, you, caught me, you caught me right as I finished the 18th hole. Hey, I'm that's putting, all right. I'm putting the cart away. <laughs> I was like, is Nate good, my, dog? <laughs> my, my son works up at the course. I'm, I'm going to leave it here, and he gets to wash it off and put it away. <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, we're going to give Nate some time to put the card away. We're going to pay some bills. We're with Nate Larson, John Squire. This is with him with Raph and AD on 93.7 to take it. We'll be right back. 
This is a 30 second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops.